Hello, everyone. It's time for announcements uh, upstairs here in uh, Command Center, as we like to call it sometimes. Hey, this Sunday, after our 11 o'clock service, is going to be our newcomer's lunch here at the church. Uh, we'll either be meeting on the front deck or uh, inside in one of the classrooms, depending on the heat index. Uh, if it's like in the triple digits, I think we'll just go in the classroom. But if it's a nice day out for whatever reason, uh, in the middle of August, then we'll we'll go on the front deck. But we'll have some light refreshments. Uh, you'll have an opportunity, if you're new here at the church, to meet the staff and uh, ask questions and get to know us better. So we'd be so excited for uh, new attendees uh, to come and join us for that. That's going to be this Sunday, August 6th, right after our 11 o'clock service. Also coming up this month is our jam night. That's going to be August 16th. That is such a fun night. I invite all of our musicians and singers uh, to come and we play worship songs together. Uh, if you go on our KVC app, uh, there's a link to get the chord charts right on there. You'll click the jam night thing, uh, you'll click the chord charts, and boom, you've got the PDF so you can practice ahead uh, if you want to. That's going to be August 16th, 6.30 p.m. Bring your voice, bring your instrument. We'll have a lot of fun that evening. Also coming up later this month, August 25th is our movie night. We're going to be showing the Sound of Freedom here at our church. That is a ticketed event, and we advise you not to bring any young kids. It's a pretty intense movie, uh, but you can purchase your tickets on the KVC app as well. And yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, free popcorn, at least. So it is a ticketed movie, but you'll, you'll get popcorn and maybe some water. Uh, yeah, those are the announcements. Keep downloading our apps. We have two great apps for you uh, to add right to your home screen. We have our main KVC app where all that information that I just announced will be in fill in notes and you can watch the services. Uh, that's going to be the white text with the grape background app. And then we also have the white background black text KV app. That is the Keys Virtual Church. That's where you can go and really get deeper connected in our online community. So if you're part of our online community, download that and be involved in a lot of great discussions that are happening there. Those are the announcements I have. Let's do this together. You ready? Let's get ready for church. Good morning, everybody online. Welcome. So glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop back into worship. We had a great time earlier, and we're looking forward to spending some time with you. Then we're back into our series, Sword Sharpening, Part 11. We're into the Gospels this week, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So get ready. Get your Bibles. Get a coffee. Get comfortable, because we got a lot of stuff to cover. Here we go. Woo! <laughs> Nicely done. Yes. Welcome to the vineyard. It is so great to see y'all. Hopefully you found some uh, some coffee. I'm just trying to adjust my microphone and my phone nice. just fell. That's okay. I, you can go get it. I like how you just slipped a y'all in there. Like oh. You can tell you were in North Carolina Howdy last week. Yeah, there's not many cowboys in, in North Carolina. I didn't see any if there were. Y'all. If you are a cowboy from North Carolina, I apologize. Just, thank you for being here. I'm from New York and I don't y'all. Y'all. I'm, I'm technically a southerner. No, you're a conk. That's different. Well, anyway. <laughs> technicalities here. <laughs> Let me tell you what we will be up to at service. Thanks, honey. Uh, we start our services with communion, and our Chaplain Doug will be leading that for us today. After communion, we have our time of worship, uh, and then after worship, we invite Pastor Georgina to come up to teach the children a Bible verse. Stop. Don't make an emergency Man, call. what a morning it is. The <laughs> phone is just yelling at me. Just stay. Here, here. You, okay. I'll... I'll you, <laughs> oh, no, I'm almost done. Okay, Let me finish. Okay. okay. So Georgina comes up, does the Bible verse, 
And then after that, we will dismiss the children to Sunday school. Then after Sunday school, we'll have our uh, sermon for the day. Uh, my dad, Pastor Steve, will be up with sword sharpening part 11. So going to be a great day uh, now that we've got that situated there. <laughs> Please don't call anybody. Okay, thank you. Let's, let's pray, and then we'll get started. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we, we love you, and we, we thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning and fellowship with one another and worship you. And Lord, would you, would you just settle our hearts? Would, would you just allow us to be more sensitive to your presence, Lord? We want to encounter you today. As we're here now, we're gathered here for you, Lord. So would you come? Holy Spirit, we invite you to be here in this place. We love you and we worship you, God. And Lord, we join with the churches who are all over the world that are proclaiming your gospel with this collect. Lord God, grant to us the desire to always think and do those things that are right so that we who cannot do anything good without you may be able in your strength to live by doing the next right thing. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And Chaplain Doug, would you please celebrate communion for us? On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal. The bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion. The bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together, and I always try to invite us and encourage us all to sing out and to lift our voices, to praise the Lord as we welcome here in this place today. Uh, we're going to see the words on the screen so you can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. Then sings my soul, how great thou art.
Oh, we love you, Lord, and we are so, so grateful and thankful for this time here in your presence. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, everyone. I'm so excited you're here. I have a question for you, okay? Have you ever been invited to a wedding? Ever? To a wedding? No? Yes, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so you know that a wedding is like a big party, right? Hi, big boy. How are you? Yes, I know you're Caleb. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, so you, when there's a big wedding, there's a, there's a party, right? Because a man and a woman are getting married, right? And there's two parts to a wedding. There's a ceremony part, and then there's a reception. And the reception is a big party where there's a lot of food and a lot of celebrating, right? Isn't it exciting? Your mommy got married too? That's so cool. Oh, I love that. That's special. Yeah. And then the guests, the people that are invited, they come and they celebrate with the bride and the groom, right? Well, in today's story, uh, people are invited to the wedding by the king. Isn't that amazing? But guess what? They do not come. So let's listen to hear what the rest of the story is, okay? Yeah, afterwards, okay? Okay, cool. Okay, <laughs> yes. Okay, so ready? So, okay, so Jesus, yeah. So Jesus told us parable or story about a wedding feast. He said that a king's son, right? Thank you. That a king's son was getting married and the king was planning a big wedding feast, right? And the the party, it was going to be a great party for his son and his bride. And then Jesus said, the king sent out his servants to find all the people who were invited, right? And the servants told the people, the wedding feast is ready. Come, right? And then they left to the king. And then, right? But guess what? The guests didn't come with them, right? And the servant told the kings that the people that were invited to the feast did not want to come. The king again sent some more of his servants, right, to the people and to the people that he had invited. And then the servant said, come on, guys, the wedding feast is ready, right? The king has prepared a great meal. Dinner is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But guess what? The the people still did not want to come. They did not listen to the king. So the king told his servants, 
they do not deserve to come to my wedding feast. Instead, go out into the streets and anyone that you see, you invite, right? So the servants did just that. They went out to the street and anyone that they saw, whether good or bad, they invited to the wedding feast. And guess what? Everyone came, everyone invited came. And then Jesus finally said to the people gathered there, and from Matthew twenty two fourteen, for many are invited, but few are chosen. That means that many people are invited to enter into the kingdom of God, but only a few will choose it. Isn't that sad? Yeah, I know. But heaven is like a wedding feast and Jesus invites everyone to come. Isn't that amazing? Some people will reject Jesus and will be separated from him forever, right? But others will say yes to Jesus and live with him forever. Isn't that good? Good stuff, right? Cool. Okay, so now we're ready to say the Bible verse. And we're going to say it together, okay? Ready? Repeat after me. Matthew twenty-two fourteen. Matthew 14. 14. Good. For many... When many are invited, are invited, but few, but few are chosen. Are chosen. Excellent job, everyone. Good work. Good work. Good job, everyone. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Pastor Eudrina will pray for them, and we'll send them off to Children's Church. All right, are you guys ready? We're going to pray, okay? All right, so we're going to talk to the Lord now, okay? So let's bow our heads, and let's close our eyes. Ready? Holy Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, for the amazing love that you have for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that we are all invited to come into your kingdom, Lord God. I pray that your kids will understand that, that you've chosen them to come, Lord God. And we pray that they all will accept. In Jesus' name, what do we say, boys and girls? Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Amen. Have fun in Children's Church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to... Uh, well, so hello, everybody that's uh, here. Welcome, everybody, to the Vineyard. Yes. I do want to say, it just with the kids in mind, um, you're, I always try and tell you about how generous you are. Well, all of the children while they're in children's church today, we'll get backpacks filled with school supplies. And uh, yeah, they're coming out very happy. And listen, parents, if you, if, you don't, if you think, well, we don't need those or whatever, take them and give them to somebody who does or donate them back to the school. And then what we'll do is uh, whatever we have left will go out to the schools around us. But thank you for being so generous that we can do that. And uh, when those kids come out with those backpacks, they're just beaming. Yes, they are. That was the best part of going back to school is that you got school supplies, right? And you picked out your pens and your pencils and the paper and you smelled the paper, remember? Yeah, by the end of school, you were over it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. the the luster was off quickly. luster was off. But uh, they all start back to school on the 10th. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code that just popped up on the screen is for you. If you 
point your smart device at it. You'll get a link to our digital connect card. Name, phone number, email is what that card asks for. And then we will send you texts and emails for four or five weeks, and then they taper off. So please uh, do that for us if you would. We also have gifts. Yes, we do. For first-time guests back at guest services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out. I'm quite confident it's a logo bag with a logo coffee cup. Yay. I saw a meme about every church anywhere. First-time visitors, and they're all holding a cup with the church logo. I'm like, oh, man, we need to up our game. Yeah, it's just it's hard to think of something that is usable because if you don't drink coffee, pencil holder. Exactly, so, this is true. I have four of them on my desk at home filled with pencils. <laughs> then I don't use pencils, so what are you going to do? Uh, where am I? Oh, um, we, uh, we take this time when we gather corporately to pray for our neighbors, to encourage something that we've been doing, uh, ask you to do every day. I think this is the most important ministry that all of us will ever do. So if you can, just get a couple of your neighbors in your mind, and let's go to the Lord. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Keep it up. Powerful ministry. Praying for those people right around you. We're going to continue today in our series called Sword Sharpening. This is part 11. And we want to take a moment and just thank the staff for last week. We were away at a pastor's conference. Uh, Thank you so much. We went to North Carolina, which is very pretty. And uh, we had a a beautiful spot in uh, in a cabin in the mountains. Black Mountain. Yes. Black Mountain. And you found out why they were called something. Smoky Mountains, because when the fog comes down, the, the clouds go over the mountain. It looks like smoke. <laughs> go figure. Yeah. <laughs> go figure. It was great. Yeah, it was very And nice. it was 63 degrees in the morning. Oh. oh, it was heaven. Yeah, okay. It was a glorious little break. Yeah, it was. And uh, we drove up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were able to take a couple of our grandkids that way. And as my son mentioned to you, we took our favorite child with us, uh, which was our dog. And uh, it's, it was funny when he said it, and we kind of laughed. We watched online. We laughed about it. But I'm not correcting him. Exactly. So anyway. Exactly. Uh, good. No place like home. I'm sure I'll talk more about that as we go. This series is called Sword Sharpening. It's about how to make the most out of your time with the Bible. And I just think it's really important that we continue to press in. We're right now breaking it into sections that you can remember. And today's section is called Kingdom Incarnate. And it's the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So that's where we're heading. Let's do the jokes. We were away. While we were away, someone got into our house and took all of our lamps. Can you imagine that? We were delighted. (laughs) Pastor Billy sent me this one. Yay, Pastor Billy. What do you call a person who doesn't like pizza? Crazy. Weirdo. (laughs) Weirdo. What's the difference between a good pizza joke and a bad pizza joke? The delivery. Okay, I'm done with that. that would you please pray for us yes, and would. lead us in the reading of the Word? I'd be Thank happy you. to. I'd be happy to. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray, shall we? Lord, thank you for your presence here this morning. 
I pray, Lord, that as we dig into your word today, you would restore our souls to peace, that we could hear that still, small voice telling us which steps to take. We know that your voice isn't always in the wind, and it isn't always in the fire, and it isn't always in the earthquake, but it is in that still, small place in our hearts. Speak to us today, Papa. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, beginning at 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can be seated. When I take that sip of coffee, that's the quietest it ever is in this building. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back. Um, we had a great time away, and, and we go to those conferences, and they're good. The worship is awesome, and we get to reconnect with people that we've been going to those conferences for 30 years. And uh, so we get to see pastors from all over the country in the vineyard, and we haven't seen them in a year or two, and, and uh, it, it's a great time. And so we're, we're thankful to be able to go. Uh, and thankful that the staff steps up and does all that they do so we can do that. But there's no place like home. And uh, so glad to be back and with all of you. Uh, I, I said we drove, so uh, that was fun. On the way home, uh, it was a little... Um, uh, what's a good word for terrible? <laughs> Without saying it. Only because there was so much traffic. <laughs> And and so it took way longer than it should have. And, you know, driving is not as fun as it used to be for me. And I talk about driving all the time. We, we, we made it, uh, we went from Asheville to Daytona the first day, and that took longer than it should. And then I didn't even think about it being the beginning of lobster season on Friday when we were driving in. And so the traffic was intense in the Keys. And uh, one quick story where I'm sure I, I really disappointed Jesus. Uh, <laughs> We, we were in Isla Morada, and this bus, actually, lots of traffic there, passed me in the center, he was in the center lane, this bus was. It's an, you're not supposed to do that. And he came flying by, and I was like, what in the world is going on? Like, is it an emergency or something? And then he bussed the bus, I'm, I'm giving it, uh, uh, anyway, uh, the bus pulled in a couple of cars in front of me, and then for the next 10 miles proceeded to stop every few hundred feet and drop off people. Me and the, me, I was wrestling. I got to tell you, I don't even know, I don't even know to where to go. But I had some thoughts and stuff, and I'm like, okay, stop it, because I want to, I want to love people well. That's the whole deal from the sermon today. So it was a practical lesson, and uh, I guess by not doing anything, it helped. But you know that Jesus tightens that up a little bit. If you even think those things, you've, you know. So anyway, um, admitting to my failure there. Uh, 
but it happens. But another thing that happened on the way home, and this was pretty cool. How many of you have ever been to this place called Bucky's? Listen, if you've never been to Bucky's, put it on your next trip. It's a, it's a gas station that's not a gas station. It's massive and it's, it's glorious. And it's like, Everything inside, there's all these things and people working and there's a, it's a store, but it's also got all these delis of different sort and it's all fresh and there's people that are roasting peanuts and there, and the employees there were happy. They were actually, they kept breaking into song. See, I mean, it's the wildest thing ever. It's just right in the middle. And then I look and they, they're, they're paid really well and there's a sign. This is what, and that's why they're going, ah. And the bathroom was glorious. And I, I can honestly say, I'm 63, and all my years of driving around and stopping at places to get gas, I have never, ever not been in a hurry to leave a public restroom. And I was trying to figure out what I could do to hang out for a little while. This is glorious. Then I have this thought. Because they don't have to go like that. Right? I mean, gas stations forever have been what they've been, and they continue to do what they do, right? People have to get gas, and they got to stop, and they got to buy a 10-year-old Twinkie because they're starving. Someone at some point thought, what if we did this better? And it obviously works, because I will go back. I was thinking about driving up there just for the sake of it. It's an eight-hour drive, and I hate driving. And then I had this thought. See, that's why it's important to keep figuring out how to go better, especially as believers. You know, how do we, where does that step where we say, well, it's not just okay to sort of muddle through. We want to, we want people to have experiences like when they come to church where they want to come back. And so I just think there's something in that and and in our whole lives, just not at church, but how we live it. Let's, let's live it in a way that people go, well, that's way over the top. I just think it's worth it. Anyway, that's my uh, sermon from Bucky's and, uh, Hopefully someone from Bucky's is watching and will send gift certificates. <laughs> I doubt that's going to happen, but you never know. Okay, I'm dialed in. Um, this series, like my heart in this series is that when at some point you get excited about reading your Bible, that it moves from not either not happening or sort of a chore that is happening to, wow, I, I haven't read today. I, I really need to hop in there and read some stuff. And so I'm, I'm, I'm giving you some ideas about how it was written and all those things. And then in this part where there's these eight sections I've broken the Bible into so that you can know the storyline. And I appreciate you bearing with me through this because I think the payoff will be like eternal. Because when you see how it all fits, uh, everything begins to open up. And so we've moved through, we're in section number six today, but uh, each section has three or four points that I want you to remember, and, and actually I want you to remember them. I mean, make it, hey, I need to remember those, so it helps me tie the story together. And the first thing we did was Kingdom Revealed, uh, and I said that's Genesis 1 and 2, and if you can remember, Cosmic Temple, and that temple means a place where heaven and earth connect, those two realms, the divine realm and the earthly realm. And, and remember that. And that God's heart was to dwell with us and his uh, divine family and his human family that we'd all get along forever. That's God's heart. We're going to get back to that in the last section that we do. Uh, and then we talked about kingdom rebellion. And it's part of his divine family and all of his human family basically tell God we want to do it our own way. And there are three big rebellions that happen from Genesis 3 through 11. And you need to remember those as the fall, the flood, and the tower of Babel. 
each with, with just horrible consequences and sort of set things in the story in motion. God never gives up with us. We get to the next thing we called Kingdom Covenant, and that's Genesis 12 through 50. So three of these sections all happen in Genesis, right? And uh, the way to remember that is the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and their spouses and their kids and everything that happens. Remember that, and you get the story about God makes a covenant. He's never giving up on us, and, and someone's going to come from that line who's going to rescue us eventually. Then we did Kingdom Foreshadowed, and uh, that's from the book of Exodus all the way through Second Kings sort of, and so but there's a whole lot of chapters in that. And I, I said the way to remember that is 10 plagues, 10 words, tabernacle, temple. And that gets you through that, and I can't do a big review of all that, but those are important concepts that you need to get a hold of. Pastor Doug last week did Kingdom Coming, and uh, when we left that, that previous section, uh, the glory of God had filled the temple when Solomon uh, prayed, and the temple was there. And then in the next section, Kingdom Coming, coming, which sort of is the chronicles through Malachi, what we find out is that because of the continued rebellion, the presence of God leaves the temple. And you can actually see that in the book of Ezekiel. The presence of God leaves. Right after that, the exile happens. So it's the glory departs, exile. And then the prophets begin to talk about a time when they'll go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple and the presence of God will come. And they do that. And, and uh, we, you saw that last week. They finally get through uh, their exile and they go back. And they rebuild the temple, but the problem is the presence of God doesn't come back the way they were expecting. And we read that in history. It just didn't happen. But the last prophet, which is Malachi, who is Malachi, he says this in Malachi 3.1, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me, and then suddenly the Lord you're seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. After Malachi, there's about a 400-year silence in the scripture. And then John the Baptist shows up, who's kind of the last of the Old Testament prophets, if you would. But he's the messenger who's going to come and prepare the way for Jesus. Jesus is going to arrive on the scene. And that's what we do here in Kingdom Incarnate. uh, Because God... Coming, Jesus, fully God, fully man, arrives on the scene, and you, you, we've talked a lot about how his entrance happens and how he's born in and had the life that he lives, but he's here to do what needs to be done. And, and, uh, and so in this section, I want you to remember tabernacles, temple, crucifixion, resurrection. That's the Gospels. Now you say, well, you're repeating temple and tabernacles. Yes, I am, and I will some more because it's an important theme in the Bible and it helps you make sense of the whole story that God's heart is a place where heaven and earth connect that's always his heart and that's what he's doing and so we have the gospels in this section Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and they are all sort of pointing to uh, Jesus as the resolution to all of the Old Testament conflicts and problems and also he's the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament promises from Genesis all the way through the end of the prophets. It's there. He's in the lineage of Abraham. He's in the line of David. He perfectly meets all the requirements in the covenants. And so he arrives on the scene. And he's the perfect example uh, of what we'll talk about next, which is uh, tabernacles, because he's fully God and fully man. The issue that happens is when he arrives... The people are waiting for a military leader who's going to deliver them from the oppression they're under with the Romans, and that's not what Jesus does. Jesus comes as a servant, and he meets people at the point of their need. 
Because he's going to come to do something else. He's got to defeat sin and death. And that's what he's going to do in the cross and resurrection. So that's what we have going on. So let's talk about this first, this idea of tabernacles, that Jesus tabernacles. Well, where does that come from? John chapter 1. Again, if you just want to hang out in a chapter of the scripture, John chapter 1. I believe you can spend your life there and never get the depth of everything. Because it's so amazingly inspired and intelligently written that it's, it's wild. And I, my heart, and after I've been pondering it forever, is that John, uh, as, as all these things begin to connect with him, he's written his account, and then he goes back and he adds this into the beginning, this, this prologue. And he ties in that, that's so smart, uh, in the beginning. That's how the Genesis one started, and that's how John one started. And he's saying, look, let's go back and tie it all in. And then you see him talk about, the idea of, of the word and, the, and how creation happens. And he talks about light and how that goes on. And he gets to this verse in verse 14. And he says, the word, that's Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That dwelling, that word there is tabernacle, it's tent. And all his readers would have made that immediate connection. See, we might not because we we're not reading it in those languages. But in, and there, remember the tabernacle in the Exodus because we talked about it? Was God said almost as soon as he delivered his people, I want there to be a place where heaven and earth meet. And, and you can look at Jesus as our Exodus because he's the one who comes to rescue us from slavery and bondage to sin and death and just in, in the same way that God rescued his people Israel from those things in Egypt. But catch this. Remember last week the glory departed? We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. They're making, John's making that connection. Tabernacle, Jesus, the glory is back. Here comes the presence of God. And we see it in Jesus. Fully God, fully man. That perfect sort of representation of a heaven and earth connection. And so he arrives on the scene and, and he also is the temple. Uh, Jesus is the temple because he refers to himself as a temple. This is a big connection. Again, temple is that place where heaven and earth connect. Jesus, fully God, fully man. Look what John says here in chapter 2, verse 18. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? And Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. And they replied, it's taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. This next little phrase, so important. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Not just that little sentence about... All of a sudden, when they realized what Jesus was doing and what he came to do and what he had done by defeating death and rising again and how that fits with the whole rest of the story, all of a sudden the light bulbs went off. Then, when they got that, when they realized what he'd done, he said he was going to do it, and he did it. Then it all begins to make sense. That's why it's so important to know the whole story because it, it ties together and makes a difference. Why did Jesus have to do what he did? What's going on? Well, that leads us to the conversation of crucifixion and resurrection. And if you, if you haven't got the story that you have now, uh, people may not understand the need for it. 
See, this is the part of the story that most of us come in as believers. We come into this, the, the crucifixion and resurrection. It's how we get in. That's the gospel. We respond to it. And that's how we get into the story. And I would say most of us have taken some time, hopefully, to at least have read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So we sort of know that. But, but the, the gospels don't really make sense without the rest of the story about why God had to do what he did. Because now you've seen all the issues. You've seen God's heart. You've seen the rebellion. You've seen the message come out of the rebellion. You see God working his plan. You see how his heart is for us to be together. And he's doing it again. And, and now it begins to make sense. Without the rest of the story, it's very hard to explain. Well, why did Jesus have to go to the cross? Well, because of our sin. Well, why? Well, but, but when you know the whole story, you can see that what he's doing is he has to deal with the power of sin and the power of death. Remember back at the fall, that's what was introduced. Before the fall, there wasn't sin and death to worry about. All right, that all comes in then, and that's the enemy's power that he's been dealing with, and Jesus has to put a stop to that. That's what he does when he comes the first time. He defeats the power of sin, and he defeats the power of death. He does it fully God, fully man, by willingly going to the cross on our behalf. He does it because he wants to, to rescue us. He's known, he's known that this is going to have to happen. And even his willingness to give us uh, free will, which caused other problems, he could only do that because he wants people to be in relationship who love him because he was going to be willing to come and pay for all the mess it was going to cause, which is what he does at the cross. And it doesn't end at the cross. He defeats death and he rises again. And we know this summary of the good news, the gospel, because we talk about it all the time here. First Corinthians 15, verse 1 and following. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel, the good news I preach to you, which you have received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel, you're saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you've believed in vain. This is what you got to get to, to enter into relationship with God. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. It was, it's in here. We've, we've already touched on it lightly, but it's all here to be seen. Some of it is revealed after he does what he does, but it's in there all along. And then we see that he was buried and that he was raised a day, uh, raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So many third day events throughout the scripture that are pointing to all of this so we'd be aware of them. And he's come to do just what needed to be done, defeat the power of sin and defeat the power of death. And he did it. And, and those are the points that we have to hang on to in order to understand these Gospels. Now, quickly, let me tell you the last point. That Jesus models life. But Jesus is our model for life and ministry. You can look at him and, and he's, he demonstrates humanity as God always intended it to be. That's what Jesus does. And he does it by using the Bible. The Bible is central to the ministry of Jesus. And I, I'm not sure that people pick it up that how often he is pointing to the scriptures about what's going on and how it matters. And if it's central to the life of Jesus, it needs to be central to our own life. That's why I'm always, you've got to read it, you've got to read it, you've got to read it. And, and throughout uh, his ministry, he's pointing people to it. Alice, in the scripture reading today, 
uh, I had her read uh, Matthew 22. He's asked, Jesus is asked, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And those are the ten words that we talked about. And Jesus summarizes it, because I told you those ten words, ten commandments, were never a bunch of rules to follow in order to hang out with God. They were how people who have been rescued and delivered hang out with God, what his family should look like. It's a love document. Love the Lord your God. This is Jesus' summary. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and prophet, everything that we read about in the rest of the story, hang on these two commandments. That's what they should lead you to. Two quick things about that passage that I want to tell you. One, the first is what Jesus is telling us there is that the primary purpose of the scripture is to foster loving relationships between you and God and between you and others. That's what Jesus says. That's what it should do. And if your reading of the Bible is not moving you in that direction, something's not right. It should make you love God more, and ultimately it should make you love people more. Even bus drivers that pass you down the center lane. <laughs> and, and the reason that that happens is as you read the Scripture, you find out how much God loves you, and it just should change you. And, and if it's having the opposite effect, where it's making you judgmental or critical or mean, something's not right. You need to read it again, because that's not how it should happen. It should make you realize how much God loves you. I mean, do you realize, I mean, I, I think about when I came to know Jesus, I was 25, I was a mess by everybody's standards. I was into things that nobody should be into, and yet God loved me in, in the middle of the mess. He loved me, not after I got it together. He loved me and then helps me get it together. Because of that, we should love people where they're at. It's not saying, hey, everything is okay. It's just saying, listen, I just want you to know the love of God. Because it's a love of God that changes things. Look, if, if you, if you, I don't think anybody can. You, you're not going to judge anybody into the kingdom or be hypercritical. You're not going to go to somebody and tell them, well, these are all the bad things you're doing. And they're going to go, oh, I want to know Jesus. That will never happen. And you might scare a few people in. Some people get in because they're scared in. I, I, I'm not picking on it. They're in. But it's because they're, they're just concerned about what might happen if they don't get in. But when people are loved in, ah, that's the difference. Because they just keep wanting more and more and more. And, and we're to love people in to the kingdom. Holy Spirit will change them. We love them in. Second thing that happens is over and over and over again, Jesus uses the scripture to point people to the truth and to what's going on and to how important things are. And I have multiple examples that, that I'm just not going to get to, but even think about in the temptation in the desert, Matthew 4. The enemy knows the scripture too, which is a little, should get your attention that your enemy knows the Bible and yet he twists it. He knows it enough to twist it, and that's what he tries on Jesus. But Jesus knows the word, so it doesn't work. There in Matthew 4, when Jesus uh, is going to talk about his mission, it's Luke 6, you know, and he, he goes into the synagogue, you no, know, Luke 4, and I love it. He unrolls the scroll of Isaiah, and he finds a verse, and, and he says, you know, I've, I've been, I'm going to go preach the good news to the poor and that whole passage. But you can see him using the scripture to define what he's going to do. Uh, and he has people that are arguing with him all the time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Uh, do you know, do you know the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees? 
The Pharisees believed in the resurrection and the Sadducees didn't. And that's why they were sad, you see. Um, That's how you remember this stuff. If your brain's like mine and needs, needs little things. And, and so over and over and over again, this is what he does. And, and I think to follow Jesus well, we have to have the same attitude towards the Word. It's got to be central to our lives. And, and, and then, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut it down here. There's a bunch more stuff. But here's the coolest thing. So next week, get ready to hear about a temple again. Because what Jesus does when he defeats sin and death, and we see it, he, he rises again, and he sends Holy Spirit. Yes? And Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. It's hard. He's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. I'm always amazed by that because if God in us is a deposit of what's to come, how amazing is what's to come? Don't ever minimize that. This, he's a deposit. But here's the thing that Paul says. Now that Holy Spirit is in you, you're a temple. You're a heaven and earth connection. How cool is that? And that begins to open up the entire story. And so he's come, he's inaugurated the kingdom. Next week we'll talk about living in the tension. We have Holy Spirit, but kingdom's not fully here. It's here in part, but not fully here. And then two weeks from now, kingdom will be fully here (laughs) as we get to that last section. Stuff to look forward to. I'm shutting it down there. Lots of stuff. Thank you for bearing with me. I know it's a lot, but it's just, if you can hang on to these sections... It's going to make a difference in all the time that you hang out with the Word. Okay. Ministry team. Those here, why don't you head over the wall? People on the way over there, they're here to pray for you. While that's happening, let me say this. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, now is the perfect time. Uh, he invites us into His story. He did everything that needed to happen at the cross and, and during the resurrection. Everything. He's paved the way. He invites us into His story. Our whole deal is to say yes. And maybe you've never said yes. And let me just say, do it, please. There's nothing better. It's the best story there is. His story. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And maybe today's your day. I get a feeling there's a few folks here. Who, who's your day today? You've just never done it. You've been hanging out. You're close. But you've never said it. I mean, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? It's the beginning of everything that matters. So do it today. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Ministry teams at the wall, if any of you need prayer for anything, I had a word this morning at this service about some something's going on in someone's life and you feel irrelevant and you feel invisible. And this is what they would tell that person. I'm telling you the truth. In the kingdom of heaven, you stand amongst the beloved and my gaze is upon you and always has been. So if you're feeling that, know that the Lord looks on you with such love, just such tender-hearted love. Receive that into your heart, and you'll feel his gaze today. Amen? Amen. Good word. Thank you so much. Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity, for all the stuff that we get to do here and all over, really. Uh, there's ways to give. Thank you for your faithfulness to your offering, your tithe, your giving. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Let's sing doxology and we will dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow.
Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here today. Ministry team is over there. We'll get these doors open for you so you can head out that way. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Hope your driver wins. Get some lobster, whatever it is you're up to. Be blessed. Be safe. Be careful. We love you guys. And watch the kids with their backpacks. They're they're having fun. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a great day. Next week, looking forward to next week, Holy Spirit, and even then the tension of the now and the not yet, how amazing this walk is, and so we'll get into that next week. Have a great week. If you're going back to school, kids, God bless you, and uh, be safe. We love you. Bye-bye.